there, I'm Rebecca Carter, and welcome back to Not Nosy, the podcast where I have a conversation with an artist that I know and admire about their work and their life. This is our third episode, and I'm so happy that I was able to be joined by Jonathan Cook. He's a voice actor from Los Angeles, and he's the first guest of this podcast that I've actually met in real life. I first met him online on hit record as John Doodles and he's just always so open and willing to hop on to new voiceover projects and he's just really talented and helpful and just a really nice person. So about a year and a half ago I took a trip out to LA to go to the hit record short showcase and even though he didn't go to the event I was able to meet up with him for some gluten-free treats before the show uh, and just get to know him face to face and it was really nice to be able to have a chance to catch up with him again for this interview. So before we get into that I just wanted to say thank you so much to those of you who have given this podcast five star ratings and written some reviews. It's so fun to see and if you haven't it would be awesome if you would Uh, but enough of that whole like and subscribe nonsense. Let's start the show. Are you right now, are you like a full-time voice actor? Like, is that your career? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my job. Yeah, I'm full-time. And you grew, you grew up in Southern California? I grew up in Oregon, actually. I'm originally from Oregon oh, okay. and uh, was there all the way through uh, high school. And then after high school, I did a couple years of, you know, junior college, community college, uh, trying to figure uh-huh. out what I wanted to do when I grew up couldn't figure that out. <laughs> um, right. But I had always been uh, interested in drawing and uh, kind of doing cartoon drawings and that kind of thing. That's how I entertained myself through math class. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I had an opportunity to move down here to LA uh, with my aunt because she knew a guy uh, who worked at Disney. Uh, he kind of like designed uh, their toys or their figures and that kind of stuff and said, you know, if you're interested in drawing and doing cartooning, you know, I recommend you come down here and maybe start doing taking some art classes at this school and uh-huh. this is kind of the route I took and so I moved down here to, to maybe study that and maybe look at getting into animation and that kind of thing and uh but the more I got into that the more I just realized that's not what I wanted to do <laughs> um oh. and then d- kind of just discovered voice acting through the internet I found a couple websites that discussion boards and that kind of thing that were all about voice acting and people posting projects they were working on and looking for voice actors and uh auditioned for a couple things and it just sort of started from there but yeah now I I do it as my job. For some reason, I was thinking you had grown up in Southern California. How old were you when you moved down? I moved down here, it was Halloween, October 31st, 2001. So let's see, 22 or 23, yeah. Okay. So you were, so you kind of went, you went to high school, you went to some community college, and mm-hmm. then you probably waited a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I, after I, that. Yeah, after I did What uh, were you doing? College. Were you just working? Yeah, working odd jobs. I had a job at the, um, at the Benton County District Attorney's Office for a while as just like a file clerk. Uh, and then uh-huh. I worked in the the voter registration office for the county, uh, which was kind of a crazy job. During the off season when it wasn't an election, we would uh, just be updating people's voter registration cards and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And then when it was election time, then it got really, really hectic and everybody coming in and saying, I didn't get my 
my <laughs> ballot information or anything because it was all vote by mail in Oregon. So I didn't get my ballot or I didn't get registered or the people trying to come in and register at the last minute. And You could have stayed 30 more years and gotten a nice pension. <laughs> I guess I could have, but I couldn't I couldn't put up with that for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Isn't that isn't that funny where people are always it's just the, like the last minute, literally taxes were due. Like if you filed an extension on your taxes, they mm-hmm. were just due last yesterday. And someone I know basically received files at 840 p.m. And they they're like, you have to get these to FedEx last night. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's night. It's like they close at 10. It was just like you've had, you know, and that was the extension, you know, right. I know someone who did the exact same thing that's kind of funny you've known for a year you know but it always happens like that you know it's like right down to the wire yeah think it as long as possible okay so yeah you were working like office jobs and stuff and then and then you came down and you so what were you doing in animation like were you taking classes or uh, well, it was funny. I came down, you know, looked into the classes and had even registered at a college uh, for some art classes and whatnot. But because I wasn't a resident of California, they, they tried to charge me the, 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 out-of-state. the out-of-state tuition. And uh, oh. yeah, and it was like ridiculous amount. And uh, it's like 10 times more right. or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I tried to prove that I was a resident, but in order because I had been living here, I, I specifically waited a particular amount of time before trying to register for school so that I could establish residency, right? But then when I went right. in, they wouldn't accept it because I was living with my aunt. And so to approve residency, I had to have like a rent stub or a utility bill right. or, or something in your name. Yeah. Or even mm-hmm. a driver's license. And I hadn't even gone to the California DMV and gotten a California <laughs> driver's license yet. And oh, I wasn't paying utilities. I was just paying my aunt some rent to her but she didn't you know give me an official rent stub or anything right 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 so i didn't have anything to prove that i was a california resident Um. and uh so they still tried to stick me with the out-of-state tuition and i I refused to do that (laughs) so right so i just kind of walked away from that and that was about the same time that i discovered the whole voice acting thing so um so yeah you know i tried to go to school i really tried but it just didn't work out (laughs) Yeah, but you just didn't get that license. And California is funny with the licenses, too, because you got it. Like, you're supposed to do it within, like, I'm trying to think if it's with your car. Because I lived in California. I lived in San Rafael and Salsa, like, up in Marin County for a little while. I don't know if it's for your car or your license, but if you were going to be there for more than 15 days, they were like, you have to. Right do this and then and it's not like like here florida oh my god it's so easy like you don't have to retake a test you show up with a license from anywhere and and then they keep like it doesn't matter you could be 90 years old they just keep (laughs) renewing it yeah, every state and you don't even have easy. to go, you know, and then there's California and like no one passes the test. Like I was so nervous. You have to study so much for the test and they're really like. Yeah, California is just ridiculous. They're ridiculous about everything. And yeah, even when I finally did get my car registered, I got stuck with a huge bill for that, too, because I had waited too long to. Uh, See? to do my to register my car so that cost me like four hundred dollars to get my car registered yeah they're very see i'm a very rulesy person so i like (laughs) i followed it to a t you know i had heard so i kind of knew and i was studying my book and i knew you know and people always say they they trip you up on the school zones because they put a lot of really low numbers there but it's not always the (laughs) lowest option i remember and so for the voice acting did you 
did you come up with it on your own or had people because you have like this this very nice deep voice like have people always kind of told you where how did it occur to you well it had always kind of interested me growing up uh you know i loved cartoons growing up uh, and i loved you know just trying to even imitate characters that i liked and that kind of stuff and you know people kind of said you know i could do good impressions and that kind of thing but as i learned more about voice acting is that that was like the big thing is it's not doing impressions it's not doing uh you know they already have a voice for spongebob or mickey mouse they don't need you to do okay. it so right um and yeah you know, a few people told me i had kind of a nice voice but overall it was you just do. you know i kind of got in, looked into it and kind of discovered it was something I really liked doing, but I hadn't ever considered it growing up at all. You know, I just knew that right. I liked cartoons and I could kind of do some funny, goofy cartoon voices, but I had never considered it as a, a viable job option. <laughs> Did you do them for like your friends and your family? Like, oh, were you yeah. an entertainer? Yeah, it was kind of the party trick. And, you know, I can, I can do a goofy old man or I can, I can, you know, I can talk like Mickey Mouse if I wanted to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it only comes up every once in a while, so... How how often are you practicing your voices? I was looking at your list of, of voices, you know. Oh, right. So how do you, like here it's saying you can do U.S., British, French, German, Russian. Like, how are you figuring those out? Your accents and your character voices? Accents have always just kind of come easy to me. And, you know, I by no means claim that they are 100% accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they have always been at least passable. I've, 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 you know, been cast in several roles with accents. So I'm assuming they're at least close. <laughs> but you know, I do practice them. And, and, and I've always been a pretty good mimic, you know, watching things, I can kind of listen to it. And I'll just kind of copy how they're saying things. And, and, you know, it comes pretty quickly if I yeah, if I practice it quite a bit, and you know, listen to as much as I can, if, if, the, if I have a role coming up that requires a certain accent, then, you know, I'll go listen to that accent as much as I can and try and imitate it and mimic it. So what do you do? Like go on YouTube and find people or yeah, or uh, just, uh, you know, if it's a British accent, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, and sure. And, you know, England is just like the US. They have very different dialects depending on which part of England you're going to. And so they'll say they want a London accent or they want a Cockney accent or, or something. So those you have to get a little bit more specific but you know i grew up watching like monty python and those and so i picked up a lot of uh accents from that and uh imitating those guys so yeah it's just a lot of listening and a lot of trying to repeat it (laughs) i heard Kristen bell you know who i'm talking about right? right yeah that when she's watching movies, like she'll just sit there and repeat everything that the person is saying and try and do the vo- like the voice. Are you doing anything like that? Like as you're watching movies, you're if like I, sitting yeah, there trying. If I'm trying practicing to... an accent, I really will. I'll, I'll like say every line right after it, trying to say it the way they said it. You know. So right. Like, oh, I would like a spot of tea, please. And oh, I would like a spot of tea, please. And you're like uh, doing whatever I can to try and picture it, pick it up, because you know I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> right. Right. Do you have like um? I'm trying to think of how to say this. Sometimes I think it's considered you could do an accent of England. No one's gonna care, mm-hmm. you know. But if you do an accent of a group that's maybe of a different socioeconomic level or right. or something like that, then now it's offensive. It, yeah, it's true. Do you have like an internal? rules of yourself of where uh, you, like a limit where you're saying eh, I don't 
I, I don't want to do that, right. but this is, you know, this is okay. Yeah. And I do, uh, you know, I know what I can, I know what I can do and what I can do fairly well. And I know what I can't do. If it's something that I know I can't do well, then I'm not going to try. Right. And that, and there is stuff that and you, and you don't want to get into too, uh, anything that's too stereotypical, you know, you don't want to get into stereotypes right. and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I'm not going to try and do, you know, an accent or a voice that is going to, it's one thing to do kind of an, an accent that reflects you know, kind of a region or where you're from, but, but, uh, when it comes to more like just a racial kind of accent mm-hmm. or, or something like that, then, you know, I try and steer clear from those. Cause I recently, um, <laughs> so on hit record, Joe was recently casting for, oh, Carolina and the mushroom clown. Oh, okay. And the mom was written as like from El Salvador and, okay. uh, all of the all of the script was in English, basically, but the idea was that you were doing it with a El Salvador accent. It it gets very sticky, I guess, yeah, in does, my mind. Yeah. It's like I'm thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Like maybe people should just do like the accent where they're from. But then it's also like, well, where are you from? You can't you can't do that. That's also not right. <laughs> right. And um, I don't know. I just sat there kind of thinking about it for a while. I asked a couple people like what they thought and nobody thought it was kind of as big a deal as as I did. <laughs> right. And so it was like why why stir the pot? But and and kind of kind of the the consensus of the discussions was they're going to make the right decision, you know, at mm-hmm. the end when they cast it. So right. they'll cast whoever fits the character the best. Stuff like that that gets very um very tricky for me. And and what about so are you doing all so do you say voice actor or voiceover artists or? Uh, I both. You know, I'm I'm a voice actor. I'm a voiceover. I guess voiceover artist. I don't hear that one as much as voice actor. Um, right. But uh, I, as far as I know, they're interchangeable. <laughs> so you do like a lot of like, are they video games? Or are they? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of. I guess there's they're still video games. They're not, but they're not like you know. Um, xbox games or you know the big mm-hmm. big stuff but uh the majority of the work i do is for um indie games um that are released through like steam or people are selling on their own and i do a lot of work for uh, computer games that are they're kind of like puzzle games uh, they're called hidden object puzzle adventures um mm. which people call them hoppas for short um yeah <laughs> wow it's oh so it's like a big thing it's a, it's a whole thing uh yeah it's a bit, very particular genre um and there's a couple of uh game developing companies that make those uh that i'm just kind of in their stable of voice actors so they'll they'll send me uh auditions or roles um pretty free very frequently and regularly so that's kind of nice because you know i don't have to go you know looking for work as much when i have those kind of places just sending me stuff <laughs> so no, yeah, it's easier when stuff just falls in your lap. Right. So, so as the goal is, as uh, you know, kind of a voice actor is finding work, is the majority of your work is finding it. Um, so it's always nice to have companies that you kind of work that for. Rely on yeah. You. What's your favorite kind of work? Is it doing uh, kind of animated, cartoony kind of stuff, or yeah, uh, yeah, I love doing character stuff. You know, characters are always uh, a lot of fun. I do. I do uh, do radio commercials and and that kind of stuff too on the side, uh, and those are never as fun. They're more they're more mm-hmm. of a reliable uh, source of income kind of thing because there's probably a, more lucrative. A, yeah, a lot are more they? work out there for it, but it's not nearly as fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. know, I love being able to um, you know get into a character's head and try and act and react with the other characters, and then you know if you can get characters that allow you to experiment with a goofy voice or 
uh, you know, some of that, then that makes it even more fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I see. I, you've actually kind of like watching you and uh, do your stuff. I'm definitely interested. And are you doing most of your work from home? Uh, yeah, almost all of it. <laughs> Is there anything where you've had where they're like, we're, we're recording at this studio and you need to come or? Yeah. That does happen every once in a while. I'll get called into a studio um, because they have, you know, a very particular way they want to record it and they have their, they know it's going to be studio quality and everything. Whereas me recording at home is always kind of, there's a couple question marks there is, uh, you know, if it'll be up to their standards kind of thing. So, right. um, and if they, if it's a bigger kind of company or something, then, uh, you know, they'll have the, uh, have the means to, to get a studio and do all that stuff so uh but yeah every once in a while i do get called into a studio and or go into to a studio to audition for something but uh mm-hmm. i would say 95 percent of my work is all done at home yeah see that's so ideal yeah yeah i'm not complaining well, for, about that at all uh, i love i'm sorry i said i'm not complaining about that at all i love working yeah. from home and being able to you know just check my email and go okay look there's an audition i'm gonna go sit in my closet and record it. And even if I'm in my pajamas and, you know, sipping a cup of coffee <laughs> uh, or whatever, uh, I don't even drink coffee, so I can't really say that. But yeah, just being able to have that kind of relaxing environment where I can just, you know, come and go as I want. Right. So, yeah, I'm seeing, so you're in your closet, you're in your closet yeah, and so you've got your right soundproof now. panels and you've got like a jacket behind you and your hangers. Yes, there's my jacket. And yeah, and I have my bed behind me, so... <laughs> I used to uh, go, we have like a a very small walk-in closet with a pocket door. Mm -hmm. And I used to go and record in there. But it wasn't really, uh, like, I I never know what I'm doing. I'm just starting to learn, like, all the audio stuff. Like, the the quality of the audio of this podcast will increase over time because I'm, (laughs) I'm learning on how to do it all. But I used to go in there, I had my pop filter, I was only recording on my phone, and then I would print stuff, and I would tape it to the wall, and I would just do it in there. And then I found that I wasn't getting that much difference. I have a desktop, and then I just like being in front of my, you know, Mm -hmm. in front of my computer here. And so now I'm in this, like, big open space, and I'm always trying to figure out, like, how I can create, like, a little, you know, it's, it's just, it's tricky because you have all these all these yeah. outside sounds you know the air conditioners kicking on there's the plane <laughs> yeah. going by daily and... things i run into yeah yeah and it never fails you know you start recording and that's when the landscapers show up with their leaf blower <laughs> right and you know there's all sorts of stuff online too to on how to set up uh, kind of a portable booth even you know like you're you're in your room there with a little bit more of an open space uh you can right. there's something you can kind of set up around a microphone even in the corner there so um you know there's there's ways around it but yeah closets are nice because they're a nice compact space and they're easier easier to treat and then are you but that mic is not like a it, that's not a usb mic right that's a no it's a i know it's he's a, petting his it's mic. A, <laughs> <laughs> petting it yeah petting my microphone um yeah it's a, an xlr mic so it uses like a regular xlr microphone cable as opposed to a usb cable so instead of uh just plugging right into my computer with a usb cable uh it plugs into an audio interface down here some people call it an audio interface, some people call it a preamp, but the microphone plugs into that and then that will plug into my computer through a USB cord. Does that have any memory of its own, the interface, or it has to always be connected to the computer? Yeah, it's all got to be connected because I, I record with the computer. The, the computer is what runs the uh, recording software. So, right. uh, you know, all of that's got to be plugged into the computer 
um, to record. It's just a way for the audio interface is basically just a way for uh, you know a computer with an XLR connection to connect to a computer basically because XLR mics tend to be a little bit better quality uh, for recording you know professional stuff and then the the preamp also has you know knobs to adjust so I can adjust the gain and the input volume and all that stuff too so if I'm doing a project that involves a lot of yelling or screaming for a video game and I'm you know in a like a battle scene or something and so I'll turn Mm -hmm. the gain way down so if I'm yelling then it doesn't you know, blow out the recording of it doesn't, yeah, doesn't peak and cause clipping and all that stuff that distorts the the audio. So, and then if I'm doing something really quiet and I'm like a real quiet whispering kind of thing, then I can turn the audio up so it picks up a little bit more of it. So it allows me to just make adjustments with the microphone. Are you just all self-taught on that kind of stuff? Uh, How did you learn it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, You know, when I started doing this at the beginning, I had a uh, you know, a pretty cheap microphone, a little USB blue snowball <laughs> is what it was, uh-huh. and uh, recorded on that. And yeah, exactly, self-taught. You just pick stuff up on the internet. You kind of, I, you know, I was constantly reading on how to Im- improve my recording quality or how to, uh, you know, treat my, my recording space and that kind of stuff. And a lot of it was just because I would re- submit an audition and they would be like, well, you have a lot of echo in there. And, and um, um, so I'd go, okay, how do mm-hmm. I eliminate the echo? Well, that's because I'm in a big room like, like you are. And so the sound is... right. You know, bouncing off the walls and, and traveling farther. So if you can get in a small space where the sound can't travel as far, then there's a lot less echo. And, and right. that's what the foam is for and all that stuff too. So, so yeah, it's yeah. just all stuff you pick up along the way and kind of um, learn as you go. A lot of trial and error. And same thing with just even, uh, you know, the recording uh, software. You know, you learn that as you go and, and just pick up as much as you can. I feel like, I don't know if it's because now I'm, 41 but my brain doesn't want to learn this new stuff like I am so you know my whole house my husband's got set up it's like a smart house you can't just turn on the lights like you gotta like I don't you know I don't know how to and he'll tell me well you just you know look this one remote can do everything and you just gotta click here and then do this and then you make a check mark with your face and I'm saying, no, no, you know, and now I'm getting lazy and I'm like, my kids know how to do it. You know, I'm becoming my parents, you know, I'm like, oh, my kids know how to do it. So, you know, I'll be like, hey, guys, turn on the, you know, turn on the thing. Right. And so I've kind of avoided, you know, I've been doing some little voiceover stuff for, for Hit Record for a while, but I feel like I've been doing like the bare, you know, just like the bare minimum <laughs> of what I can get by. And now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm like, oh, like I have to learn technical audio stuff because I don't want to pay anyone, you know, to do it for me. And it's just, oh, just to kickstart my brain, just to, but it's it's good. I mean, I guess I I shouldn't give up at 40. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think, (laughs) I think I should keep, keep the brain working a little longer. Yeah, of course. But it's really, it hurts. Like, it's just, you know, to get to get back in there but i'm like hey i taught myself how to do websites i taught myself everything else that i do yeah i can obviously do this but no yeah it's just to, you know it just Lordy. takes time and some dedication but yeah it's it's not uh it's not easy to try and learn something new yeah. <laughs> and i've run the same thing i've like tried a couple different um you know recording software programs and every time i try a new one i'm like eh, I, I just don't want to take the time to learn it <laughs> so right. i just go back to the old what one. are you using what do you use for like editing and uh, I use a program called Audacity. Um, you use Audacity. Yeah, because yeah. it's free. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Mac? Like, mm-hmm. do you have the option to use GarageBand? 
you prefer audacity uh yeah i haven't uh i think i tried GarageBand once it just didn't it didn't quite have enough of uh, you know options or effects and that kind of stuff right. you know with audacity i can clean background noise and uh do you know mm. some eq and compression and all that you know mm -hmm. jargony stuff but um so it just gave me a little bit more options and it was pretty easy to pick up and and because it was free of course that's a big plus so, right uh, there's some no, a lot of people use audacity yeah i'm i'm just still using GarageBand because that's what i've been playing around with but right. i'm like that's another that's another hurdle it's like oh new program <laughs> yeah audacity is pretty easy to pick up you could you could probably you could probably learn that one pretty fast it's not like photoshop is it because i still haven't learned photoshop well, pho photoshop's a pretty big learning curve <laughs> okay <laughs> so. all right audacity is pretty straightforward how do you feel about performing in front of people like you do you do, do are you into like i saw that you've taken improv classes and mm -hmm. stuff are, are you into any idea of doing theater or film or anything like that or do you prefer to <laughs> um, work in your closet well it's funny now. <laughs> uh, you know, i actually uh grew up around theater my mom did theater uh all the way through um you know, my childhood and whatnot. So I was always around theater um, and then I got into theater and theater acting and have done, you know, several plays for that. And then that was all before. So I was into acting before I, you know, discovered voice acting. Uh, you know, that's a good thing because the main part of voice acting is acting. You know, it's not just right. being able to do silly voices and, and, and whatnot. So it's good to have a, an acting background if you're going to try and get into that or at least an interest in it but yeah now that I've done voice acting for so long I've I've gotten a little spoiled to where you know I can I have my lines right in front of me and I can just <laughs> follow along and it tells me what to say and how to say it as opposed to uh, you know memorizing an entire script and and, and, right. and blocking and direction and going out there and, and performing in front of people which is you know a whole different kind of right. game so yeah um, so I do enjoy that kind of acting and theater acting and, and stage performing and stuff. But yeah, I think I, I prefer, now that I've been doing it for a while, I prefer the being in my closet with my script. So. Yeah. No, I forget about that. I was, see, I was never into any of this growing up or anything. You know, I found mm -hmm. Hit Record, like, as I was, I was looking to do, some, I was looking to do writing. Mm -hmm. And then I was just so interested in, like, everything. You know, it was like, they make it so easy to hop on to. Yeah pretty much any skill you know that I was like oh okay I'll try this and yeah. and the voice acting was actually one of the the first things that I really was excited about I was like oh this is this is a cool <laughs> idea yeah but then you don't you know I was like oh or maybe just I'll do some acting but you do you forget like oh when you're acting you can't be holding the piece of paper and that's like a whole a whole nother thing and I I'm not the best memory you know it it's a lot more time consuming yeah, you know because you gotta and that's just if you, you know like i was just even just trying to film myself without look like it was uh but i could still cut it and you know and and have the script kind of there but if you're on stage or you're on you you can't you know right. <laughs> and you did some how did you like improv you did some uh, yeah, I've done uh, even that through a couple of my voice acting classes. They would always start it with uh, improv, improv games, or you know, kind of that, mm -hmm. that type of stuff to warm up. It's not my favorite thing to do, but it's a lot of fun still. You know, the face. Uh, I, <laughs> my face. <laughs> um, some of it's really fun, and I get into it. But some of it's really hard, mm -hmm. and I and I am so panicked that I'm not going to know what to say or be quick enough. Yeah, think of something, yeah. and and you know that's. One of, the, one of the things they told me in the class was, you know, that's a lot of things that or one of the main things that people run into is like, I, I have to be funny. I have to come up with something funny to say or, you know, right. and that, you know, that's not what it's really about. It's just about yeah, just be real. Yeah, it's just being real and, and yeah. reacting to the scene. Right. And um, 
and you know not trying to to stop the flow of things you know the whole yes and and whatnot but mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't matter how many times i hear that every time i am in an improv scene i'm still going like oh what am i gonna say what am i gonna say so right <laughs> so i start to panic a little bit but um but it's still fun I'm so torn on it because I went, I actually signed up here locally and I was really into it while I was doing it. And then kind of like life changed. I couldn't go back for a while. Oh, yeah. And like I graduated their coursework and I was gonna maybe audition for the cast. And then I stopped and now it's gotten to be that I'm scared of it again. Oh, really? You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the same with skiing for me. Like I was enjoying it and then uh, I stopped and that was like uh, 20 years ago and I'm terrified of the idea of <laughs> You know, it's like, I I don't know, the longer you're yeah, away from it. Yeah, I say, it, it makes sense. So... You, you, you fall out of it and, you know, you don't, it's not as comfortable anymore. So yeah. when, you're, when you're doing something on a regular basis and all the time, you know, you get... Yeah, it's more at the front of, front of your mind what how to do it and... Yeah, I'm always trying to think, what's the next thing? Because you can only do so much at a time. And then I saw a voice acting class here, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do... Oh, you should. So many options. So many options. You have to see if there's a class on smart homes. I don't want to learn that. (laughs) You don't want to learn that. (laughs) I have to live that. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, we've got the thermos... So we've got, like, the Nest thermostat now. It kind of like knows when you're home and you're not home. I guess it senses movement and stuff. Oh, really? But when I'm when I'm here working in my room slash office, like I'm far, far away from it, and it always thinks I've left the house. And so all of a sudden I'm sitting here, I'm just sweating, and I'm so hot. And I'm like, why is it so hot in here? And then I see the damn thing has changed to away. <laughs> so it thinks you're not even home. Yeah, it thinks I'm not home. That's why I had to do just a minute ago. It's like the whole thing had shut off. That's so funny. Uh, so who's, uh? so what's your deal? You're you're illustrating a children's book. Is it your book? Is it someone else's book? Uh, it's someone else's book. It's um, I had uh, I had illustrated a book years ago for someone I yeah for kind of a friend of a friend sort of thing you know and um, mm-hmm. and then apparently that author was at kind of a writers conference or some writers meetup or something sure. like that and met mm-hmm. uh, this other writer and who was looking for an illustrator. She said, "Oh, I've got an illustrator who illustrated my book years ago. Maybe he's." would be interested in doing yours and so she got in touch with me and you know like I said I like drawing and stuff but it's not really what my main thing is so right but uh you know she she was nice and and the the story was kind of cute and so I thought oh I can do that and so yeah I started illustrating that but uh it was it ended up being a lot of drawings (laughs) and so yeah is that the kind of thing where you're like first you're you're just presenting like little sketches of what you think the characters look like and Mm -hmm. they're the author's giving you feedback and you're just going back and forth yeah she uh i had a meeting with her and she you know showed me the story and and i showed her some samples of you know other my other drawings and she thought that the my style would fit her characters and stuff like that and so i said okay well i'll uh you know sketch up a few of the characters and and just do some kind of rough you know character designs and and whatnot and then uh schedule another meeting you know a few weeks and see if that's kind of what you like and so yeah i just uh threw a bunch of rough sketches together and had another meeting with her and she liked what I had done, and so we just kind of went from there. <laughs> right. Are they digital? Like, mm-hmm. are you drawing digitally? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everything. I have a tablet, so everything just goes straight into the computer. I never really got good at, you know, painting or, or uh, using colored pencils or pastels or anything like that. I was kind of dabbled in them a little bit, but never really... Right practice them enough to be really good at it so uh but i i've done uh, a lot of 
at least digital drawing enough to where I can do the sketches in Photoshop and take it into uh, Illustrator and, you know, trace it, which is like inking, and, uh, and then come back into Photoshop and color them and shade them and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's all, all digital now. Awesome. And so that's due tomorrow. And <laughs> then tomorrow. how long... <laughs> And then how long until they they publish it? Do you know? I think they want to try and get it out before Christmas, uh, which is why the right. deadline is uh, now. So I know it's got to, you know, still go back into like final editing and, and then they have to kind of piece uh, everything together, you know, where the illustrations go with the text and that kind of stuff. Is it through a publisher? Uh, it's through a, it is through a publisher, but not like, kind of like an official publishing company. They... It's more like a self-publishing website kind of thing, but they have like a, a representative who comes out and helps you get the book all edited and, and, and works like a publisher, basically. Mm, what's that called? I, you know, and I don't know what the name of it is, <laughs> oh. but I can find out for you. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I have a couple of, um, you know, it's like so many people are just self publishing Mm -hmm. these days i have clients that just come to me i've helped a couple of authors like format their books for self-publishing because they've got their manuscript and everything but you have to have it in a certain format like to put on amazon or whatever and so anyway oh so you were saying that you actually have like a partner that you work with in florida what's that for are you guys doing voiceover stuff um here's my guess oh you have a guess (laughs) This is what I do. I have a, a tiny piece of information and I create a whole story around it. So, um, oh, a whole story. <laughs> well, no, like I, I'm like, oh, why do you think that is? And then I'll go and I'll. So, my guess is, is that you guys uh, both voice something together, you're two characters that have to have dialogue, and it works better that when you're recording at the same time. This is, this is my thought. This is your thought. Oh, okay. Um, How'd I do? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Damn it. See, that's why we have this podcast. Uh, yeah, so- that's true. I guess you to hear the whole story. <laughs> Where are you in Florida? Are you in Miami, you said? I'm in Miami. Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. So she's near uh, near Tampa. Yeah, we work together on um, audiobooks, actually. Uh, the I, I got uh, started on that. She sent me a message through one of the voice acting websites saying, you know, uh, I, I'd like to see if you could maybe play a part in my it was a fan fiction star trek uh audiobook and so uh, i had played just a couple of minor characters in that and then you know through that did a, a couple other voice things uh with her and then uh she had another audiobook that uh, is coming out called hooked uh, which is sort of a, a a fan fiction for once upon a time the tv show oh, okay back when it was uh first airing it i think the, the story takes place right after season one when the show was still pretty good <laughs> Um, before it fell off the deep end. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. Um, Mm The first season was pretty good. You should check it out. (laughs) (laughs) So she's the author of the The book? The co-author, yeah. Uh, She teamed up with somebody else to to write this 40-chapter novel. Um, So she uh, puts together a whole cast of characters and voice actors and then adds sound effects, music, and and all that stuff. So it's uh, not just really an audio book that you sit and listen to the narrator read to you. It's uh, actually more like an audio drama because uh, it has uh, full, like I said, a full cast of actors and it'll have right. music and sound effects. Uh, so you're, it's like you're listening to the movie of it almost, but it still has the narration in it. So, yeah, uh, we work together uh, a lot on that and uh, a couple other side projects, too, in, in between the audiobook stuff, too. So we work together all the time. Yeah. Okay. So when you're talking to her, you're just you're just having like planning conversations. You're not actually recording. Is she one of the voices? Occasionally, yeah. Uh, she'll do like a she did a small part um, mm. 
mm-hmm. in, in Hooked. And uh, we did another project just came out a little bit ago called uh, Jehovah Jireh, which was a, uh, a Narnia fan fiction, like a real short story. Oh. And uh, she had a small part in that one, too. So she says she still does some of the voice acting uh, in it. But uh, she uh, is more focused on the directing and writing and that kind of stuff. So Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. I hadn't actually heard of that. The audio drama. So it's an audio book, but with all the voices. So you have like a narrator plus then all the dialogue. Exactly. Is... That, yeah. So the narrator reads, uh, you know, so-and-so walk down the corridor and <laughs> whatnot. But anytime somebody right. says something, that character actually comes in with their own actor and says it. And, you know, if they're doing something, there's a sound effect to go with it and a full soundtrack of music and stuff, too. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And if it's like if your character says, you know, let's go to the park, th- <laughs> then you do that. Too. Right. See, that was great improv, that right? Was Did amazing. you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you say, let's go to the park, uh, does the narrator go, she said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yes? Yeah. So okay, that, that so part it's of all it is still words. very much an audio book, you know. Um, so. Okay. So yeah, in, in this case, uh, I, I play Rumpelstiltskin. Um, so yeah, you know, like Rumpelstiltskin will say something like, I'm looking for my son. And then, you know, Rumpelstiltskin said angrily or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it's still got very much. Uh, That's cool. Uh, where where will people find that? Uh, well, we're still working on Hook. It will come out sooner than we thought. It's originally going to be uh, a full forty chapter audiobook, which would take a long time to produce. But we decided to instead do uh, kind of a highlight series uh, where we're going to take each chapter and pull just particular scenes out of it, you know, and and just focus on that. We'll we'll release those scenes fully produced with the sound effects and the music and the voice actors and whatnot, but it won't be the entire chapter or book. So Mm -hmm. kind of encourage people to go read the book and then you'll come back and you can hear selected scenes. But that bonus content. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. that way we can we can produce it a little faster and get it out there because, you know, she realized that it was going to take like three or four years (laughs) to get it all all done. And so we want to move on and, and focus on other things rather than just focus on this one thing for the next three years so i know it's so hard to do one long thing oh my gosh but those but those uh audio dramas they go on like uh amazon or uh no we're gonna release them on, on youtube uh they're just you know youtube videos that we'll put up that'll have uh oh, okay. everything you can listen to right there so is there a dream job or a next level that you're trying to get to or are you pretty content where you are yeah there's uh you know i'm still um still trying to kind of work my way up the ladder and you know I like uh yeah you know like I said I do a lot of work from home uh the the really big great jobs would be all in a studio you know if I were you know doing mm-hmm. a a series for Disney or or uh some major studio you know that would all be done in this in, in a recording studio on their lot that would be the dream job of course <laughs> right to be in uh you know like a, a feature film or a regular character on a tv series that you know has hit it pretty big and that kind of stuff yeah, so for me, uh, that would be definitely, you know, kind of a dream job, of course. Um, the ne- as far as the next step for me goes, uh, I would love to, you know, I, I find all my work on my own. Uh, I spend uh, the majority of my day looking for work online uh, and looking for auditions. Right. Once I collect those, then I spend a lot of time auditioning for stuff, and that's not even a guarantee of uh, any any work. So, so yeah. Getting an agent. Yeah, and my next step, I was just going <laughs> to say, was uh, be to get an agent so I could uh, just as another, you know, I would still be looking for work on my own, but a- an agent would be doing that for me as well. Um, and hopefully uh, open a couple doors to some bigger, some bigger projects, you know, and some more lucrative projects. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you were saying when I met you, this was like a year ago, right? Uh, yeah. Met? 
you were talking about getting like, is it a demo reel? I mean, mm-hmm. I know you have a reel, but was it, you were saying that there's like this professional level that you, like you have to get it like professionally produced or it's not. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're going after an agent or something, they, they want to look uh, or listen to a, a, a real professional uh, demo and they can usually uh, spot homemade ones <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, so uh, that, that, that's the thing is to try and get a professional demo made, which is of course very expensive. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, I'm, I'm making money doing this, you know, I, I have a wife and two kids and all that stuff too. So that money goes away pretty quickly. <laughs> so right. it's hard to save up right. to, to get a, a, a real high quality professional demo made, but I'm working on it. Right. So once I can do that, then I'll submit that to agents and hopefully kind of take that next step. It's it's so funny to me to think of that. Like, you know, I consider you to have like really great audio skills. And, <laughs> and so the fact that you can't, and I believe you, you know, but the fact that they say that you can't make it yourself, even though you're so experienced and talented mm-hmm. i'm just like what is it and it's like I, I keep reading in all these places don't have your friend take your headshot you know you yeah, gotta get to thing. a person and not even like a, a regular photographer it's got to be only a headshot <laughs> a headshot photographer and i'm thinking why like what's the you know what's the secret sauce here and i'm thinking is there really a yeah i have never really i guess there is i mean enough people say it that it must be true but um, to my untrained eye i'm like really you know like this yeah i've never really got it either i guess maybe they want you to um they want the feeling that you're already pretty uh, pretty well established actor or something so that you can if you can afford a, a headshot photographer or you can afford a professional demo then you're you're already doing pretty well at it i guess so maybe maybe right. it's that i don't know because yeah, I've I've thought that too. I've heard this the very same thing about about headshots. You know, don't don't have just anybody take your headshot. It's got to be right. a headshot photographer who knows what to do and the right angles. <laughs> like I don't I don't know the oh, difference yeah, between yeah. that and just having somebody take my picture while I'm smiling and <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want I don't want uh, you know my headshot to look like something I'm not. Like is it gonna is that what they're doing with it? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just reading. They're like, don't get all like glammed up because <laughs> if you show up and you don't look like that, you know, that's they're like, show point. have it as if you're going to, however you think you're going to arrive to your audition because. Oh, that's true. So that should be on the list too. Don't go to glamour shots for your. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember? How old are you? Uh, I'm 40. 40. Yeah. Okay. See? My compadre is the same. <laughs> so. Yeah, you remember glamour shots? I know. I just and I just dated I, myself, didn't I? Because that's when you said, yeah. "How old are you?" <laughs> it's so funny. Whoever walked in there, and you're like, "Oh, but it's free." You know, the whole thing was it's free or something <laughs> to go, and they do you all up, and you don't have to buy the pictures. But then you see the pictures, and you're like, "I look glamorous," <laughs> you know. And you buy this whole set, and you're like, in you know. With the, the soft Wrapped focus. Wrapped in like a and, teal, yeah, exactly. yeah, teal like evening gown, but it's not really, it's just, you know, a piece of fabric they've draped over. To make it look all elaborate and fancy. And they would do the makeup all the way down. Like the makeup would be full down the neck, down like your whole chest, because it would just. Really? I don't know. They would do, yeah. See, I never went into glamour shots, it, so I didn't have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never heard that before. Full body makeup yeah. artist, huh? It was it was a full. Hey, I guess they didn't want your face to be a different color than your neck. I guess but that's it was, true. You know, if they're gonna plaster so the makeup on your face. Makeup. And... Yeah, glamour shot. Glamour shot. Did you ever work at like the mall or anything? Did you ever have like uh, high school? No, I never had a mall job. Now, my first job in high school was at a wrecking yard. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
How old were you? What, 17? 16, 17. 16, 17, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think it was my sophomore. At a wrecking yard. Yeah, I was. So just... what made you think, because you knew somebody there. Yeah, yep, no. yep. It was my, yeah. my stepdad's brother, so my step-uncle. Uh, okay. Uh, was uh, one of the higher-up guys there, and, you know, my stepdad was like, you know, Jonathan's looking for an after-school job if you've got anything. Oh, we could use a gopher here and there, so, you know. That's what yeah. I did. I went down and Would... fetched auto parts. <laughs> so it was, uh, they were like just old uh, old cars that were... Uh, yeah, so... Like total cars yeah, and exactly. stuff? Yeah, exactly. Cars that were in an accident or, you know, repossessed or whatever. Um, they'd bring them down to this wrecking yard. If they were totaled, then they'd just, you know, throw them in the back on the heap and whatnot. But it was also kind of one of those uh, pick-your-own part places. So if, if somebody needed, oh, you know... I'm so excited to hear this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay. You're excited to hear this part? Why? <laughs> yes. Okay, I have questions. Oh, you have questions. Okay, so the, the, the pick-your-own auto parts, so... Mm-hmm. Um, First of all, can you explain what that is? I've been to one of these places before because I dated a guy in college that was really into oh, okay. um, cars. Yeah. And so he brought me and my uh, my Corolla, the um, the door handle broke. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, we're going to go to this place and we're going to find a door handle. Mm-hmm. OK, so so what's the deal? You pay. <laughs> do you pay to go in? Uh, there's both. Some places you you pay. uh I guess you pay to go in and you can browse through whatever you want. And then uh, you pay for the part that you order. This place wasn't a pay to go in. Uh, somebody would just come in saying, like, I need a door handle for, uh, you know, right. an 82 Corolla. And uh, right. they would they had a, a whole bunch of parts kind of uh, stocked up so they could look in their computer and say, uh, yeah, we've got that. Or, uh, you know, if we don't have it in stock, you're welcome to go check out the yard and so go take a yeah, look and so you okay. just go go in the back and wander however many acres it was of just piles of cars and, and see if you can find right. uh, another matching car or something similar and um, if you found the part you wanted uh, you'd go get a guy and say i want that door handle off of that car right there and they would pull it for you right uh, and then there's other places i've heard of where you have to pull your own part like you bring your tools you bring your own you, tools yeah. so his deal was we might have paid five bucks to get in there i'm not <laughs> sure you go in. I don't know if we were driving through the place or walking. I don't remember. Found it. He whatever disassembled the door. Got the because it's not as easy as you oh, think no, to get a door handle off. <laughs> it was the inside. Not as easy as I apart, think. Right? You got to take the whole panel. Yeah, you got to take the whole panel off. Mm-hmm. And, and his deal was that these places have a policy that if it fits in your pocket, you can just take it. Oh, really? You don't... Yeah. That that was his ruler. (laughs) Well, this is my... This was my... I was like, oh, I have an expert in this because I've always wanted to know. Is that... (laughs) Was that his rule, or is that really very? Well, you know, I don't know. That maybe uh, maybe uh, rules probably vary from place to place. I'm sure, but uh, it wasn't a rule at, at my place. No. It, right, right, right. Because right. there's some expensive well, parts that are very sounded, small. So. Right, and well, and you guys sounded very organized. If you've got like a a whole inventory and a person that'll go get it for you and whatnot, <laughs> this is not what I was dealing with in Gainesville, Florida. No, you no. know, this was just this was just a big piece of land with a bunch of beat up cars and that's what ours looked like at pers- least yeah. a person at a guard booth and that oh, really? was the whole yeah <laughs> that was the whole operation. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, to end that story, I believe he fixed it. Oh no, he was fixing my tail light, maybe. Long story short, I backed over his toolbox and ruined like his whole like. 
he was so organized and he had like all his really nice toolkits. And then he went to throw something away. I'm like, oh, I'll just go get him. And I didn't realize he wasn't done. I backed over like all this over stuff. His toolbox. His oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were because my husband and I were driving by one of these places the other day. And first of all, we saw all the ca- cars piled up. But we we're like, is that one of those places you can just go in? And then I told him the story about them. Uh-huh. The the you the pocket. <laughs> he seemed to believe it, and I'm just like now I'm so nervous. You know, I'm like, what if we go? And are we supposed to just take it, or do you ask? And <laughs> oh, I hate stuff like that where I don't know what I'm. Well, supposed I guess to you do. could just add, go in and ask. You know, what's your pocket policy here? <laughs> right. No one's gonna tell you you can just take it though. You know. Yeah, that like, seems that seems pretty. I, I feel like sometimes I'm too honest. You know, and they're like, then then you get like. Oh, well, if I'm going to be paying like, you know, 50 bucks more than every other person that walks in there because I'm sitting there trying, well, what are the rules now? Not big on bartering. You know, I used to have a fun, like we went on a cruise to, to no, not Tijuana, to Cancun once when I was younger. And I had a fun time, you know, trying to barter with the, the people for like a Baja. You remember oh, yeah. like the Bajas? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this is kind of fun. And uh, I think I did another, I was visiting my mom in Morocco once and I did the same like, oh no, I'm not going to pay that $5 for that picture frame, right, you know, whatever. whatever. And then, but then I, you know, my husband's from Mexico, we're in Mexico all the time. I We have never bartered for anything again. You know, it's like they always told us as tourists like, oh, never pay full price. But it's like, do you know how much these people are earning? You know what I mean? Right. Like... Like really? Like you gotta get him down from two dollars to one dollar? <laughs> yeah, see, I I hate bartering. I never barter. I uh, I can't stand it. I'll bar I'll I'll like barter on stuff you're not supposed to barter on, like medical bills or something. Oh, like I'll be like something worth fighting I for. I was not. <laughs> that's that's stuff that yeah. can save you hundreds of dollars. That's a big. <laughs> oh no, thousands. thousands. Like <laughs> I've paid like half. You know, like I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bartering over medical bills is different than bartering over you know a, a little touristy tchotchke thing. So. Yeah, and I'm a returns person. Like, I will return anything. Oh, really? Like, I will return a watermelon that doesn't taste good. Like, I will... (laughs) Even after you've sliced it up? Yes, and they will take it back. (laughs) I actually only specifically shop at stores that I know I can return stuff to because I get so upset if I buy something and I'm not happy with it. See, so you just have to do as much uh, research into their their pocket policy as you do into their return policy. (laughs) So, so no, I don't barter, but... But you're quick to return. <laughs> I have my things, yeah. So you don't, yeah, you're not, you're not into that? And bartering, no, not at all. Uh, and part of it is I, I uh, you know, my friends will tell you that I have a huge fear of confrontation. I can't stand any kind of confrontation. And so that stems from that, okay. uh, like, it feels like I'm arguing with the person. And so <laughs> right. it's like I would just get sick to my stomach if I tried to haggle with them and be like, I'm right. not going to pay $5 for that. I want to pay $3. Right. So I couldn't. Well, how does that work when you're trying to charge people for stuff? Oh, it's awful when it comes to that. For your work. Yeah, I, I never know what to charge people, and I'm like, I'll, I'll sit there and stew over an email forever, going like, uh, <laughs> do I do I do right. I say this much? Is that is that too much? Then right. what, what are they going to do? They're going to refuse it and reject me and go find somebody else, and so I'm going to price myself out of the job. So yeah, I get into my own head a lot with that kind of stuff. I hate it. That's really yeah. That's really tricky. You know, it's like you see these people. 
a person doing a job for, you know, it's like people could literally be charging 10 times more than another person just mm-hmm. because they value their themselves more, exactly. you know, and it's, um, that's, that's really tricky. Uh, so when you're doing your auditions and stuff, is there usually a, a like they have their rate and, and it just is what it is? A lot of times, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the auditions uh, will say, this is what we're paying for this job, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing. A lot of auditions will say that, um, but there are some that say, uh, send your rates. <laughs> so I, right. I hate those ones. You know, I'll still audition for them, but I'm, I'm always like, Ugh, I hate the, the sending my rates because I don't have any established rates. I know a lot of people do. But. What's the unit of measure for rates for voice acting? Is it by the minute or and, by... You know, and that's the thing too, is it's all different. Uh, some people charge by the minute. Some people will charge by the word. Some people will charge by the page. Uh, some people will par- charge by uh, finished hours uh, kind of thing. So it takes me, you know, six hours to record and edit something. But when it's all done, it's going to be, you know, three hours of final product. So that's right. three hours of finished work kind of thing. There's a dozen different ways to charge somebody <laughs> Right. And so I never know what to charge with that either. You know, I don't know if I should say, yeah. well, I charge $3 per word. That sounds pretty good. It would be pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a little excessive probably. <laughs> <laughs> I charge by the hour because, well, I'm not doing voice acting work, but like as I'm doing any sort of uh, project work for people, I always charge by the hour, not by the project. And they'll tell me, how many hours do you think? And I'm like, Ugh. like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, all I can tell you is that I'm really fair and I don't, you know, you know, I clock in, I clock out, I don't charge for a full hour, I'll just try, you know. Exactly. But I always see people when they charge by the project and they, every time they're under shooting it by a like, they, whatever amount they think they're going to work on it, it's two, three, four times that amount of work. And then by the end, everyone's angry because <laughs> the person, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so I always charge uh, by the hour, mm-hmm. but then, but that's the trick is what's, you know, what's your rate? Because yeah, you'll price yourself out at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So you got to find that, that threshold where you're, where you're still in the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, where I'm making some money off of it, but I'm not, like you said, pricing myself out of the job. And then mm-hmm. I, and it's hard too with, you know, like I said, a lot of my work is indie games. Well, a lot of indie game budgets mm-hmm. are very small, you know, and small budgets. Small budgets so, you know, I don't want to say yeah i would charge you like 300 dollars for this job and they're like oh wow we can't afford that i was like well i was just kidding i'll only charge you 50 dollars for this job i just wanted wanted how much do you want to pay yeah Yeah. i I didn't mean it (laughs) as your schedule starts to fill up and you're running out of time that's when you bump up your rates yeah i guess so i I think i'm apparently worth enough of it so but you have to have established rates in order to bump up your rates. <laughs> they don't have established rates. So, some people do. That's your homework. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Will you let me pop in some of your voices, like from your reel? Uh, yeah, you can use, uh, you can use uh, whatever you find. <laughs> it's a fair, fair game. <laughs> I found the internet. You found the internet. <laughs> Salutations, my good chap, and welcome to this wax cylinder recording of The Gentleman's Handbook. All right, General, we'll do it your way. But if this blows up, it'll be your head, not ours. This is all a plot by the local Communist Party. I mean, look at the evidence. Ah, at last, I have obtained the Sword of Mythlandia. Now, I must decide where to put these XP. All right, let's get this stuff bagged up and taken back to the lab. Run any fingerprints or DNA you find, 
I have a feeling this guy's gonna strike again. We need to know who he is. Oh, Boris loved this song. Number one. Now look, Mickey, you're gonna do this job whether you like it or not. Because if you don't do it, the boss is gonna get angry. And you know what happens when the boss gets angry. The police chief tells us they have no leads to a suspect at this time, and are trying to find the motive behind these bizarre series of brutal attacks. Holy turd balls! Would you look at the size of that thing? Well, cool. This will come out after the Hit Record Shorts Showcase, but I look forward to hopefully hearing your... Do, do your voices. Do my voices? <laughs> your ninja my, voice. My ninja voice, that, was, that wasn't even a voice. Like I said, it was just... Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And uh, for the out-of-shape ninja, it was just a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. That was that's the that's the entire cartoon right there. Well, I really look forward to seeing it. I didn't get to spend a lot of time contributing uh, this time around, and um, but I did just do a couple voices, and I'm wondering if maybe one of my voices might show up. But there's really no way. To I, know saw, I know I, they don't they don't ever tell you if you're in anything. Like I only found out that I was in the uh, the ninja cartoon because they they wanted some B-roll footage and the and a Q and A about doing it. You did a great job uh, on that. Oh well, thank you. I, too, I, I never know what to do on those things. No, I think you should do more stuff like that. You know, like I really and I, I like this look. You know, in your closet you like studio, the, the studio with look? Your, yeah <laughs> yeah i like it <laughs> i always enjoy hearing hearing stuff like that too the the whole behind the scenes and yeah and everything yeah i like hearing that too so it was just weird i don't think i've ever done a behind the scenes real like yeah. showing kind of what i do you know as i'm recording and stuff mm-hmm. and so that was kind of interesting to do yeah it's funny because you think of a, about behind the scenes for okay voice actor good i can picture that you basically show <laughs> uh what you look like as you're recording right. um an animator an illustrator okay i see that but then i'm thinking like the acting i guess yeah you just have to put a camera behind your other camera <laughs> and act you know i was in the first hair record short showcase and i thought like i did all these for for that dating app i made like so many at the very beginning of the challenge like so many characters and i thought for sure one of them and then at last minute i did some other like really weird uh people but they were just i mean literally i took like five ten minutes to do it (laughs) and one of those one of those made it in it was just like me petting my plant and um I was like, I'm allergic to I cats. I remember that one, the, so. the petting the plant. Yeah. <laughs> and I was pet- I was thinking, what the hell would be behind the scenes of that? Like, like just like, you know, there is no really behind the scenes. I was laying on my floor, you know, petting a plant. And it was brilliant. See, so it worked out. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm, look- I'm looking forward uh, to seeing all, all the the finished versions of yeah that. it's always fun so. to see what people uh, how they put it all together and you know well thank you thank you for taking the time yeah absolutely um to see, it was good to catch up yeah thanks for thanks for having me thanks for thinking of me that was pretty cool and now you have to go rush and illustrate a children's right book. yeah now i have to go finish drawing how much do you have left to do uh <laughs> all of it all of it yeah i really started <laughs> um no i actually uh the project ended up being about 35 36 illustrations and uh, mm. uh i have i have everything inked and ready to go i'm just down to coloring the last few images coloring. so yeah so i'm down, down okay. to coloring i think the last 
think about 10 pictures. No, I did, mm. I did, uh, I had like a, a marathon yesterday and did, uh, finished five yesterday. So now I'm down to five or six. Let me ask you, see, I keep ending this and then not ending it. So say you're drawing a turtle, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you are. It sounds very <laughs> existential. Say you're drawing a turtle. So if you're drawing a turtle, mm-hmm. Uh, and imagine the turtles on the beach. No. Are you, like, is there a button you click and it fill, like, fill green and then you're shading on top of that? Or are you hand coloring? Uh, oh, no. I, I, I fill as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's, you know, already got black outlines. So if I'm right. looking at, uh, you know, the character's shirt or whatever, and I want that shirt to be blue, I'll, you know, click uh, the select tool and it'll select everything inside the outline of that shirt. And then I'll just go to the paint bucket and hit blue and there his shirt is blue. So. Okay. And then I, I'll go in and do shading in more of a, a detailed fashion. But yeah, for the most part, right. it's, you know, I, I'm all about shortcuts. <laughs> so there's a turtle with a blue shirt. This is the teaser on the book. <laughs> I didn't say turtle. You said turtle. I said character with a blue shirt. <laughs> so yeah, and yet another skill I have to learn. I've done some coloring and whatnot on my um on my phone on sketch club and i'm still like at the point where i'm erasing by hand like zooming in so close (laughs) and putting my finger around the edge and like doing all this hand erasing and then coloring also i can't imagine coloring on my phone that would be horrible and i'm like i'm pretty sure there's a button that would do this for me but i'm not quite sure which one so i might as well just keep coloring (laughs) though i do find in in periods of like high stress i find that that coloring something by hand on my phone it's very a little therapeutic meditative yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i have periods where i'm like why why in the world would i want to color zero interest in coloring and then i'm like i do that too we got freaking out in life and yeah I'm gonna color color something right now. Yeah, uh, I I did the same thing, and I got like a random Christmas present one year. It was one of those um, uh, adult, adult coloring, coloring books that are like super detailed, you know. And uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, and I was like, well, this is kind of mandalas. It's or... kind of weird, uh, but I I do. I find myself into it, and <laughs> I'll I'll pick, I'll put one up and just start coloring, and it, yeah, it is. And then it's your relaxing. kid it, your kid tries to color the other and page, like, and you're no, like, get yeah, away from exactly. my book! Like, get away! That can't do that. <laughs> You're going to ruin it. Get your own book. (laughs) Yeah, that's my book. Go get your own. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, you're quite welcome. This was fun. And now the part where I talk about everything we just talked about. Hey, Jonathan Cook, everybody. What a voice, huh? Guess there's no surprise he wound up as voice actor. Well, first of all, I have to say that every interview winds up taking an unexpected turn, and I remain completely over the moon to have found someone with deeper knowledge about these you-pick car places. And since we didn't figure out a definitive answer, if you have any insight into the pocket policy in these places, please reach out. We've got to get to the bottom of this. Okay, so now I want to talk about the part of the conversation where we talked about the appropriateness of accents. First of all, I hope it comes off okay. I only ever want to be respectful, but sometimes I worry I'm not as eloquent as I'd like to be on important or sensitive topics. The reason I brought it up with Jonathan is that these are things that I'm always worried about. I'm always worried about doing the right thing. And I wanted to see how he approaches it and his work. And I think he had some really good thoughts on it. I guess what I'm taking away from that part of the conversation and from thinking it over later is that it's probably the responsibility of 
everyone in the production process. The voice actor needs to be thoughtful in what kind of things that they're submitting, as he mentioned that he is. The director or producer needs to be thoughtful in how they're casting. The writer needs to think about how they're writing it. And I guess if we all do our best, then that's all we can ask for. So thanks for listening to me kind of think it through. And if you have any thoughts on it, I'd love to hear them. Okay, what's next? Okay, so I looked into the California DMV policies. And when you move to California, you have 10 days to get a driver's license and 20 days to register your car. So uh, that's a big ask from people. I mean, I did it <laughs> because I'm a really rulesy person, but um, I think overall that's uh, that's really a push. You've barely finished unpacking your dishes by then. Okay, I mentioned in the interview that I'm interested in trying out voice acting a little bit more seriously, and in fact, it's one of my New Year's resolutions this year. It's a priority that I'm trying to make, and I thought I'd talk a little bit more about the reasoning behind it. All summer, I didn't really create much I was more consuming I was oh my god I was consuming so much media I was watching so much comedy and listening to so much comedy uh, books on acting and comedy and writing and everything and I had my notebook beside me all the time and I was jotting down ideas and inspiration as I went and at the same time I was getting my thoughts together for this podcast because uh I guess my first goal was that once the kids got back into school, I would try and kick this off. But through all of that, I couldn't help but feel this sense of, I don't want to say helplessness, but that I wanted to accomplish things, but I also wanted to put my family first. And I felt really lost about how could I pursue these new artistic goals when I know that so often they involve either going to Los Angeles, uh, working long hours, working at night, and none of those things match up with my other goal of putting my family first. So I was feeling like there was this hole that was impossible to fill. The good news is I don't feel like that now. Uh, First of all, this podcast has been really fulfilling in the short time that I've been working on it. The conversations I'm having are just alone forget publishing them they're just really nice to have the new knowledge I'm building and making the podcast it feels like I'm doing something and I'm able to do it all from my house when my kids aren't home on a schedule that works for me so already it's been great couple things though I'm still not I'm not currently creating comedy which is something I really enjoy doing and in fact I feel like I'm forgetting how so I do have a thought on how I'm going to address that I want to get into a little bit more of a writing schedule probably just sketch sketch writing and I will talk about that more in the future if I figure it out (laughs) Um, And the other part is that I'm not performing, which is something that I was enjoying doing every once in a while. And I think the voice acting is probably the best way to go for that. Uh, Again, it has to do with how I think I can make it work with my other priorities and my schedule. And so I'm uh, I'm actually going to try and send in my first audition this week. Jonathan shared, you know, an audition with me. So I'm going to hop on that and start another new adventure. And so I want to say thanks, Jonathan. It's really inspiring 
to watch what you've been able to build and for your mentorship. So he's got lots of projects you can check out right now, and I'm going to link them up in the description. If you can't see them, go to notnosy.com. They'll be there too. He voices some characters in a few PC games that will be soon coming to consoles. So you can look for My Time at Portia. He voices the characters Dawa and McDonald. And also in the game 39 Days to Mars, he's the voice of Baxter. So that's cool. And also the audio drama Hooked that Jonathan was talking about, they have now released the prologue for the series, and it's available on YouTube from Warrior717, who is his colleague that he was mentioning uh, is in Tampa. I'll link that video plus the Jehovah Jireh audio drama, which is um, the one about the Chronicles of Narnia, which every time I... Do you, when you hear the words, the Chronicles of Narnia, do you think of a Lazy Sunday from Andy Samberg? Oh my God. I just, I love that video so much. I just showed it to my kids the other day and now it's just in my head. Anyway, and I'll also link to the complete hooked ebook. And uh, the book that he was illustrating is now available on Amazon. It's called Reggie Rabbit Learns to Hop by Naomi Voorhees. And uh, so it's not about a turtle. But according to the cover of the book, he is in a blue t-shirt. So I guess we did get some sort of uh, spoiler. And the publisher is called Zulon Press, X-U-L-O-N. So maybe you want to check that out if you're interested um, in what he was talking about regarding uh, that publisher. I do think they're a, a, like a Christian self-publishing company, but it sounds interesting, the services that they provided. And as we mentioned in the interview, he voiced some ninjas in a hit record short, Odd Ninja Out. And I'll link to that as well. So lots of stuff. I hope you spend some time getting to know Jonathan's work. And hey, maybe he'll inspire more than just me to do some more voice acting. And finally, oh my gosh, are you still here? <laughs> so as, as we're ramping up the audience for Not Nosy, I was considering offering some free or discounted ad spots on the podcast. So if you run a nonprofit or an established small business and you'd like to chat about it, why don't you send some information about your organization to notnosypodcast at gmail.com and we'll see if it's a good fit. It's kind of a limited time experiment, so I don't know if it'll work, but hey, you can reach out. Love to talk to you. So thank you again, everyone. Uh, Find us at not nosy podcast on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and the website is not nosy uh i prefer instagram over all others i don't know about you but we are on all of them so tell a friend about us and i will see you next time bye (music) 